Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Dental Hygiene Basics Podcast. I am your host, Dana, and today's episode features Allison Norris. She is the owner of the Dentel Group, which is a special business that helps dental hygiene clinicians step out of clinical roles, such as jobs in private practices or working specifically just, you know, providing healthcare services to patients, which is kind of what people think about when they think about the traditional dental hygienist. But she helps dental hygienists step out of that role and into different non-clinical roles. So her story is really interesting. She talks about how she she originally enrolled in nursing school and then realized that was not for her. And she went on to be a very successful dental hygienist and now she is a business owner. I'm excited to share her story today. Thank you for listening and let's get right into it. So hello, Allison. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. We'll just get started. I'm going to have you tell me a little bit about yourself and your journey leading up to hygiene school, and then you can kind of tell us what you're doing now. Yeah, absolutely. So thank you for having me. Um, So my journey leading up to hygiene school, I actually, so my mom was a dental assistant and I grew up, you know, with little stone models and getting like braces, like little brackets and like gluing them on the teeth and stuff and like throughout my childhood. Right. And so let's see, I want to say freshman year of high school, I decided I wanted to be a nurse and I was like all gung ho about it. And then I got into nursing school and I said, nope, not interested, you know, like at all. Um, I wanted to deal with this end of the body instead of the, the other end. So I decided to to change schools and move to dental hygiene school. And those were some rough years. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I was a hygienist from 2007 until um, I left clinical in 2018. In 2009, I was approached by um, by Aura Pharma. And that's when they launched their Arrest and Rx Access Program. And so they asked me to basically go in and, you know, talk to the practices, to the periodontist and to the dentist. And so, you know, me talking with them turned into me consulting, which launched my consulting career. So I did consulting and saw patients until, you know, 2018. And I just was tired of being called the cleaning lady. And, um, <laughs> and so I was like, I'm done with this. And so I started working at a company called eAssist. And um, and I helped build their consulting division. And then I was with this orthodontic tech startup as their director of development. And they screwed me over. And so uh, after about three months of depression, I said, I don't want to feel this way anymore. And I don't want anybody else to either. And so I said, I'm going to launch a recruiting agency. And so that's what I did. That's amazing. So what kind of recruiting do you do? Uh, So my agency is non-clinical recruiting. So um, we focus on non-clinical positions, of course, um, in the dental industry. There's such a demand for, you know, there's so many clinicians that are, that want to leave clinical and I don't ever promote that. And I am all for like clinicians. And if you're back and your hands can take it, you know, stay in it for 30 years, but yeah, I mean, I never, I never promote them to leave, but yeah. So there's such a demand for clinicians wanting to leave non-clinical. And so, um, I place them in in roles at dental tech startups, orthodontic tech startups, a lot of these SaaS companies. So are you helping primarily hygienists or dentists or both? A little bit of everything. Yeah. uh, I mean, and and then, you know, the dental industry as a whole. So, you know, people that not necessarily 
or clinicians, um, but people, you know, sales reps, operations, C-suite candidates, those types of things. One thing that um, that we do for clinicians, and it's not necessarily like, you know, it's not non-clinical, but I truly, I truly believe that if your values align with whatever practice you're going to work at, then you're going to be a lot happier. And so we have had, like I, I helped some, I helped a hygienist the other day. She wasn't happy where she was. And so, you know, we will search out great private practices for them, fee-for-service practices, what have you, you know, just help it, help them move into a role where, or a practice where they're very happy, you know, where their, their values align and they can practice how they want. I think it's important that you bring up that sometimes people who are dental hygienists, they phase out of clinical. For me, I phased out of clinical after five years. I mean, I would have left earlier to become a teacher. That's, I knew that's what I wanted to do, but I kind of had to, you know, get my feet under me, kind of get used to the work life of a dental hygienist so that I could go and be a really good teacher. Right. And that's a normal kind of segue for, for a lot of people, they get out of clinical and then they get into teaching, but there's other opportunities out there. And whether that be you open your own recruiting agency or you're helping other people find, you know, you're specifically helping other people find jobs that are outside of just the dental office and mm-hmm. using their dental hygiene backgrounds as kind of a, a jumping off point. I think that's awesome. So yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, I do want to just kind of we're going to backtrack a little bit and I'm going to ask you questions about your life before you went to dental hygiene school. And the reason I like to do this is because there's so many students out there who are interested in a career field in dental hygiene and they're going through the admissions process and it's a challenging time as I'm sure you remember. Mm -hmm. So I like to just give some background on what other people did to be successful. The first question I have for you is, do you remember what your GPA was when you applied to dental hygiene school? I think like maybe like a 3.85 or something. Okay. That's great. And then did you have any type of prior degree when you applied? No, I had three years of um, three years of college prior to applying to dental hygiene school. So, um, but I never got that degree before. So yeah. Until you graduated, was your program that you, or what program did you end up applying to and getting into? It was an associate program. It was an associate program in, um, in Douglasville, Georgia. So Douglasville, Georgia, you said. Mm -hmm. Okay. At the time, did they have any bachelor's programs? Did you consider that? They didn't have a bachelor's degree program at the time. It's a technical college. And I had, I had considered it at one point. And, you know, because of course, like, you know, as dental hygienist, we think that if we don't have a bachelor's degree, then there's not much else we can do if we ever leave clinical. And that, that that's kind of a rumor. It's not true, but, um, but no, I, I, uh, I never went or never got my bachelor's degree, although secret, I'm going to tell you a secret. This is the first time I've told this. So to all your listeners. So back when I was looking for a position, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm telling you this. I'm so excited. <laughs> Everyone's always revealing their secrets on this show. I've heard all sorts of things. So you're fine. Back when I was looking for a, a position, I had in my head, I had to have a bachelor's degree to do anything, right? I put on my LinkedIn that I have a bachelor's degree and I have an associate's degree. And no one ever has said anything about it, huh? No, because nobody really, nobody checks. Yeah, nobody cares. <laughs> Did you get the job? 
Well, no, no, because I own a, I own a company now. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You didn't need that job. Yeah. yeah. Isn't it funny the stories we tell ourselves sometimes and the links you'll go to kind of make yourself feel better when really the skills that you need were inside of you all the time to be oh, successful yeah. and thrive. Oh, so yeah. that's so funny. <laughs> well, so you change that now. <laughs> did you apply to any other dental hygiene schools or just the one when you applied? Just the one. Okay. Just did you? One. Did you get in on your first time? Mm-hmm. Okay, perfect. Well, you had a high GPA and then it sounds like you had some dental assisting experience, right? Before you applied. Well, no, not necessarily. Um, I mean, my assisting experience was hanging out with my mom, you know, that was an assistant and then playing with teeth models. Yeah. <laughs> um, that doesn't really relate to the actual tongue that's in the way and all that. Right. <laughs> right. Yes, absolutely. That's what I tell people. I say, you want to at least shadow or have some type of, you know, experience with it, because yeah. if you've never put your hands in someone's mouth before, it's a very strange circumstance. Absolutely. I will say that the, the, the girls that I went to school with that had that background, that assisting background, they more easily adapted to, to everything learned. It was easier for them basically. Yeah. I think there's some pros and cons to going in, which, you know, one is just, you have some of that experience, you know, some of the terminology, but at the same time, you're kind of still having to learn along with everyone else. There's always going to be something that you don't know. So I try Mm -hmm. and encourage people, don't worry, don't play the comparison game because you're all going to graduate with the same degree and you're Mm -hmm. all going to end up with similar experiences. So I like when people don't, don't have assisting experience. Cause I think it's motivating to others who want to want to go into that. So, yeah. cause I've had students before that were medical assistants before they came in or they were a nurse or they had something completely different. And even though they don't have that experience within the mouth, all of your background, you know, anything that you've learned in the past will come to help you, even if it's customer service, cause that's a big mm-hmm. part of our industry. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, do you remember how old you were when you applied to the program? Uh, maybe 23 or 24, I think. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. You were a younger one. Everyone I've interviewed so far has been 25 or higher. So really? <laughs> yeah, it's good. What do you feel like your life was like when you were in hygiene school? Did you have a life? Oh no, no. It was H E L L. I'll say that <laughs> it was tough. No, it was very tough. I remember just crying every day almost. Yeah. Well, not every day, but most days. Yeah, it was, it was hard. It's hard. And how long was your program? I think it was three years. I think, yeah, I had to take, I had to take a one, one year of like a couple prerequisites. So like maybe micro microbiology and, and a lab and, and then two years once I got into like, once we started, I think it was the actual coursework. That makes sense. Yes. yes. Did you go all the way through the summer? Do you remember? Or did you get a summer? Yes. Break? All the way through yes. the summer. Wow. Yeah, yeah, that's busy. How many students were in your class or roughly? I remember this. I remember this really well. So like there were 900 and something applicants. And so it was a big deal because they they took the top 48. And then out of those 48, 24 were let in. And then we started the year out with 20. And then we graduated with 14. Oh, wow. So y'all asked a lot during your, your class. What were the reasons that people left? One girl was pregnant. And back then they told us that, uh, that you couldn't have a baby and be in hygiene school. One, a couple of the girls failed, um, some classes. 
And a couple just dropped out because they didn't like it. So the people who failed, did they end up coming back? Do you know, graduating later or they were just done? So there was one, golly, that's so long ago. Um, There was one girl that I believe failed and she had to come back that summer. Mm -hmm. But then she was in the class. She was put in the class behind us. Yeah, I think it was. That happens sometimes. That's what I was curious about. I'm curious how other programs handle failures. Some people are given the opportunity to either come back the next year and then some people just get dismissed. So it, it really depends on your program. Let's see if you're comfortable sharing, how did you pay for dental hygiene school and all of the extra expenses? So back, back then, um, I think it was, uh, hope the hope, hope scholarship. It's, I don't know if, if it's, if they have hope outside of Georgia, I don't know, but hope scholarship paid for all the courses and books. And then my parents paid for, cause I still lived at home. My parents paid for like, you know, all the supplies and boards and all that kind of stuff. But I was fortunate in that regard to have my parents be able to help out, you know? Yeah, so. Absolutely. And the costs just keep going up. So I'm always encouraging students, look for scholarships. There is money out there to be found. You can yeah, make it, yeah. you can make it your job applying for scholarships and it'll pay yeah. off. So oh yeah. what do you feel like was the most difficult aspect of the admissions process? I think it was probably the waiting, you know, because like I was saying, they had, they took those top or they took the 48 with the top GPAs. I don't know. And then we had to go through like a, um, a panel interview process. I do remember this was really, really tough okay. because there was this long table and there were like five people sitting at this table and the room was cold and it just felt cold. Like, and, um, that was tough because like being young and, and this is your future, like, you, you know, and then having these people that are just staring at you, like, you know, it was tough. <laughs> Well, I know you said when you got into hygiene school, you cried a lot and that's normal, but what do you feel like was the most difficult part? Maybe the transition into your first year, what did you struggle with the most? Yeah. So I, um, I was always really great in school. I'd always made A's, you know, A's and B's. And then when I got my very first seat when I was in hygiene school, but my, the thing that I struggled with was actually sitting down and studying. Like I never realized how I never really learned how to study. Right. Because I picked up on it pretty quickly. Right. But yeah, it was just like sitting down and devoting that time because like, I mean, literally when I was in, when I went my first college that I went to, I was at Kennesaw state university. I skipped uh, almost like every class (laughs) because we didn't have to go, you know, like I could skip and it not be like in, like in trouble. Right. And so that was another thing too, is I actually had to go to class. <laughs> Isn't that terrible? You're probably just so like, no, had her on the podcast. <laughs> absolutely. Actually, I love it because a lot, that's what happens to a lot of students. They go to their, their prerequisites, right. Or undergrad, whatever it is that they're working on um, before they apply. And depending on the school you're at and the situation, the classes that you're taking, and especially nowadays with the online courses, students don't have to put in the amount of effort that they will when they get to dental hygiene school. 
Um, mm-hmm. And that's not true of every, every school, every university, like every class that you take. But I know that I had some classes that were blow off classes, right? Like I didn't have to go to every single class to get an A in that class. Right, right. But when it came to dental hygiene school, I had to be there to be successful. And what a lot of people struggle with is just the sheer amount of information that you're learning. It's so much. So I think that that's really good that you brought that up because it will be unlike anything you've done before. And if you don't know that going in, that's why a lot of students end up failing because they think, oh, college was a breeze. I didn't have to study that much. And all of a sudden that's yeah. not the case anymore. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I um, I remember my favorite um, instructor, uh, it was the doctor that was, I guess, on on staff. or And so I, I was skipping all, you know, my, my classes in the very beginning. And he looked at me one day, he took me, after, you know, um, after class and he was like, look, you're a bright girl. But if you don't start coming to class, you're going to get kicked out. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Are you serious? But yeah, yeah, it was, it was rough. (laughs) It's a good point to make too, because you mentioned that the year that you applied, you had 900 applicants and they only took 24. So your application stood out. We know that you were smart to get in, you know, you, you had all the requirements, everything that was needed. But sometimes we have to contend with ourselves and learn through that process of what is really expected of you once you get there. And then, like I said, those are all new skills that we have to learn when we're younger. And it is a learning experience. I I like everything that you shared. I think that that's real life. And there's going to be people out there who relate to you and they're going to need that little kick in the pants before they get (laughs) to dental hygiene school. So that's good. Well, what kind of final advice would you give to any student, whether for the admissions process or to prepare for dental hygiene school, anything you think might be helpful to them? I think that if you wait until the very end, like you wait until your boards are coming up and approaching to study, <laughs> then you're going to be screwed. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I, I wish like, like going back, if I would have known like how intense the boards were, then little by little, I would have continued like brushing up on that knowledge. You know, you think when you're in the, in in the situation, right? You think, oh, that's not applying to me. What? I don't need to do note cards like these, like these teachers are telling me. And, you know, I don't need to do this. And then it's like hindsight's 2020 because they really know what they're talking about. You know, like there's a reason that they say this. It's not just like for no reason, but yeah, um, I would say uh, making sure that, uh, you know, you continue kind of building upon the knowledge that you, that you gain. And then also not being a loner. I don't, I think that, uh, that, you know, those girls that you, you meet in hygiene school, they're going to become like your family. You know, you have them to lean on. They're the ones that know what you're going through at that present moment. Nobody else is going to understand it. And so like, if you're a loner, it's going to make it a lot more difficult emotionally on you. A lot of students, they, they do, they become like family with their, their hygiene brothers and sisters, anyone that's in their class. And I always think camaraderie is the best way to get through anything. It's just like you said, no one will understand it better than your classmates, your family, your friends. All they're going to see is that you're busy and you can't do you know, you can't go out or you can't go to these family events or whatever it may be. And you have people that will be there who will understand and, and be by your side throughout the whole thing. 
Yeah. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate all of your insight. And I think that the listeners will really enjoy hearing, you know, some of the realer aspects of your life and your dental hygiene experience. Thanks so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate your time. Yeah, of course. Of course. It was a pleasure. 